<laughs> well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Michael Flake. I am one of the pastors here. Great to be together as a church family this morning, whether you're cautious about Jesus, curious about Jesus, or committed to Jesus, there's room for you here. Lake Forest Davidson is a safe place to learn, to grow, and to change. So long as you don't have it all together, you'll fit right in. Thank you for prioritizing being here with us live, 10 a.m. on Facebook Live. Again, good to be together as a church family. We're just going to jump right in uh, in the midst of our series on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, last year, the Flake family moved. And by this I mean my wife and I moved, my parents moved, and my brother and his wife moved. Uh, Brian, my brother, and his wife moved 700 miles. My parents moved 600 miles. And Mandy and I moved 0.1 miles. <laughs> you probably saw that coming in the, the trend there. We moved to a, a house that had been uh, first owned by some very green thumb sort of people. And then the second owners had done a lot of wonderful things to the house, but they were not necessarily green thumb types. And so I figured this spring, uh, I knew there was going to be a lot of work. I didn't realize how much time I would have to do it, but I've been doing a lot of yard work this year. And what I figured was I was going to get to go out and just pull up a bunch of dead stuff because there was dead stuff everywhere. Just pull up a bunch of dead stuff and make room for some new stuff. And what I learned this spring is that with a little bit of TLC and a little bit of pruning, a lot of the stuff I thought was dead is actually alive. So now I have a totally out of control yard of stuff I thought was dead, <laughs> and that turns out is actually alive. Just with a little bit of TLC, a little bit of care and cultivation. So that's kind of what we're talking about in this series, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this is a passage out of the Bible. Uh, Ryland read part of it for us earlier. But it comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, which says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that when you follow Jesus, or if you've ever, if you ever in the future or today you come to follow Jesus, what Jesus does is he sends God the Holy Spirit into your life. And the Holy Spirit empowers you. And it's not just like a little power, it's like a dynamite-like power. In fact, the the Greek word for power is dunamis, from which we get the word dynamite. So the Holy Spirit empowers with a dynamite-like power followers of Jesus Christ. And what the Holy Spirit uses this dynamite-like power to do is to redirect the purpose of our lives. Before Jesus, we may have had a purpose. We may have not felt like we had a purpose. Our purpose may have been ourselves. But when we invite Jesus into our lives, he sends us his Holy Spirit who reorients the purpose of our lives. Our purpose becomes to be a witness to Jesus, a minister for Jesus, an ambassador for Jesus. In other words, to live a life that points people towards God. One of the chief ways that we live into this purpose is by having our character transformed. And this is what we're talking about with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is about how the Holy Spirit 
transforms our character, gives us a more Jesus Christ-like character. Because fruit implies cultivation. This is what I'm learning in my yard this year. Fruit is about cultivation. It's there, but, but there's some work that needs to be done. This is why we talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit as a partnership. Now, it's not an equal partnership, but it's a partnership between the Holy Spirit and between you as a follower of Jesus, me as a follower of Jesus, or if you ever become a follower of Jesus. It's not an even partnership. The Holy Spirit does this part, you do this part, but it is a partnership. This is different than being reconciled to God. This is different than forgiveness. Forgiveness is not a partnership. It, it is a one-way gracious act of God that through the life, the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, you are forgiven and you are made new. It's, it's a gift to be received. Reconciliation to God is a gift that you and I receive. And after we receive that gift, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and that's where the partnership begins, the partnership of cultivating a Jesus Christ-like character, what the Bible calls the fruit of the Holy Spirit, things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. So today we want to look at the attribute of joy. Joy, that part of what the Holy Spirit does in the lives of people who follow Jesus is that he cultivates joy. Now, joy may seem like an interesting topic uh, for the day because, honestly, uh, a lot of us are facing a lot of things. We are facing job insecurity or job loss. We are facing illness or the prospect of illness. And for some of us, that's not a prospect that we really need. Some of us are grieving today. Some of us have lost people that we love. Or we're af afraid of losing people that we love. And yet the sermon topic for today is joy. Joy. Maybe you've gotten really good at just sort of soldiering on. I will move forward out of duty. I will move forward out of obedience. And those aren't bad things. But sometimes we can lose the sense of the bigger picture, the why, the joy. Have you ever gotten to that point? where you sort of were going through the motions, but you'd lost that sense of joy. Sometimes it feels like despair. Sometimes it feels like, yeah, all hope is lost, but I can be a good soldier about this. What is joy? The pastor and writer Timothy Keller defines joy this way. He defines joy as delighting in God. Joy is delighting in God, who he is and what he does delighting in God, who he is, and what he does. So then the opposite of joy would be something like despair, something like hopelessness, that there's ultimately nothing and no one worth delighting in. But joy can be confused with, or sometimes we can settle for a counterfeit version of joy. Joy can be confused with a temporary excitement when something goes right. Joy is not the same as a temporary excitement when something goes right. The, the temporary excitement is about receiving a blessing. But what I hope you hear and what I'm trying to say right now is that joy is rooted in the blesser, not the blessing. 
Now, that doesn't mean it's wrong to have blessings in your life or things you're enjoying or joyful about. But remember that the blessing is designed to point us back to the blesser because that's where our joy is rooted. It also means that in those times in life where we really can't immediately point to the blessing that we're experiencing, that we can still have joy because joy is rooted in the blessor, not the blessing. Joy is like biting into really good food. I, you, you probably have learned this about me if you've been, been with us or tuned in any number of weeks. I love good food. I especially love Kindred. But I also love things like the Taco Bell, the Tenders, or whatever it's called now. Uh, some letters. But here's what I know. When you bite into really good food, you, you just, mm, that's good. That's delightful. Joy is like that. It is through an experience or a moment or a blessing or whatever. You bite into it and you taste some bit of God's character. And you say, that's delightful. That's good. The scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. This is what it's talking about. Bite into the character of God and see that God is good. That's where joy is rooted. Now, joy, as you might imagine, is an important theme of the Bible. It especially comes up in the ministry of Jesus. You might ask how I know that, and the, the answer is I plug the word joy into a searchable Bible, and many of the references come from the ministry of Jesus. You can do this too. You can study the Bible too. You can figure out where these fruit of the Spirit appear throughout the Bible too. In fact, when Jesus is born, we talk about this passage every Christmas Eve. The angels announce the birth of Jesus, and they say what? We bring you good news of great joy. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Good news of great joy. That Jesus came to be the source of great joy. Joy, not just duty, not just obedience, joy. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, he emphasized that people should receive his message with joy. Because remember, Jesus is inviting us to be reconciled back to God. Jesus is inviting us into a vibrant, living creation uh, relationship with our Creator. Creationship, I just call it. A vibrant, living relationship with our Creator. And he says this is a message we should receive with joy. That forgiveness is available in Jesus' name. Receive it with joy. Purpose is available in Jesus' name. Receive it with joy. Not the sort of like, Oh, I'm so honored to receive this. When really you're not honored, you kind of figured if God came to earth, he would definitely put me near the top of his list of people to seek out. But instead, to receive it with a true joy, God would want anything to do with me. And that God would have at great cost to himself sought me out. Jesus says, receive my message and ministry with joy. And then after the resurrection of Jesus, we learn this in Matthew 28, 8, that the women hurried away from the tomb afraid yet filled with joy and ran to tell his disciples. It says that the women hurried away from the tomb, the empty tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. So the scripture is, in my mind, saying you can have both at the same time. You can be afraid and full of joy. You can be uncertain and full of joy. You can have questions and be full of joy. You can be in pain 
and full of joy. You can be struggling and full of joy. Joy is very, very versatile in this way. It says the women were afraid but filled with joy. In Acts chapter 16, we, we meet a jailer. Well, we were we introduced to a jailer. We didn't technically get to meet him. This jailer had been watching some Christians. Some Christians had been thrown in jail for being Christians, for sharing the good news of great joy about Jesus. And, and the jailer was so impressed by their character. He was so impressed by how they handled themselves. He was so impressed. Their lives were doing what the Holy Spirit does, pointing people towards God. And the jailer then invited these Christians uh, home when they got out of jail. He invited these Christians home to tell his whole family about Jesus. And it says that they believed in Jesus, they followed Jesus, and they were filled with joy. That's what Jesus said to do, receive the message of Jesus with joy. Why were they so joyful? Well, look, they were the people keeping Christians in jail. They were keeping God in jail. They were trying to. And yet what they learned is that even though they had turned their backs on God, God had not turned his back on them. God had sought them out at great cost to himself. Come to earth as Jesus where he lived, they all said, suffered, died, and never forget this part, resurrected. Finally, we got it right. <laughs> this room got it right. Hopefully your room at home got it right too. So they hear this message. They realize this is who he is. Jesus has come and done these things. But not only that, the Holy Spirit has made sure this ministry and message of Jesus got to this jailer and his family. And when they realized how improbable this was, it says they were filled with joy. That God was for them, not against them. That God had sought them out. They were not fake honored to be included. They were full of joy. Luke chapter 10 verse 21 says this, At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. So that, that scripture says that Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. I guess my, my point there is, that's one, of the most, uh, that's one of the most fascinating passages to me. <laughs> that Jesus was filled with joy through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is not new to this whole cultivating joy thing. The Holy Spirit has done this before. In fact, the Holy Spirit had a really high profile example of doing this. The Holy Spirit filled Jesus, God the Son, with joy. So that as you and I become filled with joy through the Holy Spirit, what I hope you realize is that's not like a little or incidental thing. That's the same thing Jesus experienced. When we talk about following Jesus, we, we mean that in a very tactile sense here. The Holy Spirit filled Jesus with joy, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit can fill us too with that same sort of joy. Now, man, Jesus was a much better partner in that than I'm going to be. And I'll just make a bold statement. Then you're going to be. <laughs> At the same time, it's the same Spirit cultivating the same joy as he did in the life of Jesus. And this gets us to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which is my last joy scripture I want to show you. 
This says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Right? Because we've got the same spirit cultivating the same joy. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. So I don't know what you're in the midst of this morning, but what I find fascinating about this is that the scripture says Jesus endured the cross for joy. So it doesn't say that Jesus found joy in the cross, right, in his crucifixion. It says he endured the cross. He endured his crucifixion, but he did it for joy. So I don't know what you're in the midst of this morning, but I do know that whatever in your, you're in the midst of, there can be joy in it. Not necessarily in the, in the little piece itself, but in the big picture. He endured the cross for the joy. He endured the cross because of delight, because he delighted in God, because through the cross, God was reconciling the world to himself, and that brought Jesus joy. That brought Jesus delight. Jesus endured the cross. Jesus scorned the shame of the cross because you bring him joy. You are God's treasure. You bring him joy. He didn't just do it out of duty. He didn't just do it out of obedience. Those are not bad things. He did it out of joy. The joy of you, the joy of me being reconciled to God, living a different sort of life, forgiven and with a new purpose and with eternal security. And Jesus wants us to receive him and his message with joy because what we will learn is he has already shown how eager he is to receive us with joy. It's about joy. The Christian message is a message of joy. It begins at joy, good news of great joy. It, it concludes at the resurrection, afraid. We don't know what's happening. It seems like the world is different, but full of joy. And you watch the Holy Spirit fan this thing out across the entire world where people receive it with joy. But it all starts at Jesus. It all starts at his willingness to die in our place and to rise so that we can too. He endured the cross for joy. So how do we cultivate joy in our lives? You may not like this answer. How do we cultivate joy in our lives? Honestly, I think it's we most cultivate joy in our lives in the moments when we have to endure. Because when we're having to endure, that's when we know we're cultivating joy not just a temporary excitement that things are going right. So yes, when things are going right and we have blessings in our life, we can still cultivate joy if we let the blessings point us back to the blesser. If we love the creator more than the creation. But the times where I think it's most obvious that we're cultivating joy is when we must endure. 
and do it for joy. So if you would pray, you know, God, I really want to become a more joyful person, that's a great prayer. You also might want to be thoughtful about that prayer because that probably doesn't mean you're going to win the lottery <laughs> or that everything is going to go right. Sometimes what it means to be a more joyful person is to be put in the sort of instances where joy is difficult and still you and I rely on the Holy Spirit to help cultivate it in our lives. So think about, for instance, your relationships. Think about a place where you may be having to endure a relationship or, or a, a friendship, a, a part of your family where you may be having to persevere right now. I'm going to turn it and say that's an opportunity to cultivate joy. Now the Holy Spirit's going to do the dynamite power work in that. He's going to do this part. You and I have this little part which is being willing to name the area and figure out how we can delight in God in the midst of it. And the Spirit will do the unexplainable dynamite power stuff that we cannot do. Now we have any number of examples we can draw on in our own lives. As a parent of little kids, this is a question we have to ask all the time. What's the why behind what we're doing right now? Is this just one thing after another? Or is there a bigger why here? Where's the joy in what we're doing? You may experience that in a friendship or, or uh, maybe a, a friendship that has seen brighter days or one that, one that just requires a lot of work out of you to keep it up. Where's the opportunity for the joy? What can you learn about the, the, the blesser? What can you learn about God and the character of God? through this friendship, this relationship, what you are in the midst of doing. I think this is true of giving as well. When we give our time to something, when we give our money towards something, when we give prayers towards something, giving can, can so much become, well, this is what I should do, or this is the thing I need to do, or, you know, it's the right thing to, or, or whatever. And again, obedience, God said to do it, that's good. Duty is good. But what about the joy? Where's the joy in this? How do we step back even from the things we're having to endure or the things we can view as I just need to do this and find the bigger why, the joy, much as Jesus did at the cross? That's why I love, for instance, you know, being part of a church family that year in and year out we depend on the volunteering of folks, we depend on the financial gifts of folks. And then we try to deploy as much as we can into the broader kingdom, the broader, the broader community. The first few years when we realized that every year like 5 to 10% of the church, you know, goes somewhere else because they graduate or they're in their, you know, they go off to grad school, they whatever. We got a little upset about that. <laughs> we worked so hard. And then everybody went to go bless another part of the kingdom. We've now realized it's a place to cultivate joy. But it takes that reframing and the spirit working deep in our hearts to get us there. You might experience that as being part of a church family or as you're trying to help other people grow spiritually. Sometimes you'll hear folks say, you know, if it weren't for the people, church would be great. Yeah, if it weren't for the people, there wouldn't be any church. So it kind of goes both ways. Church families uh, are a beautiful thing. And sometimes we grow in the tension points. And in this moment, as we have to be uh, so separated, scattered from each other, 
There's a lot of enduring that goes on. But how is this an opportunity to cultivate joy? Not you yourself, but you and me leaning into God the Holy Spirit. The gift that Jesus sent us when we put our faith in him, or if we ever come to put our faith in him. How do we use even the enduring parts of life, the parts of life where all we can do is endure, or this is what I should do, how do we use those parts of our lives to cultivate joy? So that's kind of my wrap-up question to you today. How can you partner with the Holy Spirit in cultivating joy in your life? How can you partner with the Holy Spirit cultivating joy in your life? What do you learn about the character of God? What do you bite into and find delightful about God? Through the relationships that you have, the opportunities you've been given, the ways that you have to give, the ways you have to help and serve others. Where's the joy? Where's the joy? Remember that receiving Jesus starts with joy. The joy that God wants to have anything to do with you. The joy that God has not left you to your own devices. The joy that God came after you. He came to earth as Jesus where he lived and suffered and died. And never forget this part. He resurrected. So that you too can live eternally with purpose on earth. With forgiveness. Not something you've earned or deserved. Something you receive. And receive it with joy. But the joy doesn't stop there. It's something we cultivate day after day as the dynamite-like power of the Holy Spirit lives in us. Let's pray together. Let me give you a chance to pray, a chance to talk to God, to listen to God about whatever He's stirring up in your heart or in your mind. Just take a quiet moment for personal prayer. Lord, I thank you we don't have to journey through life alone. That you are our constant companion. And that we have people who love us. A church family that loves us. And that we are growing into a new purpose you have given us. So Holy Spirit, I pray you would empower us with joy. That like Jesus, we might be able to endure for the joy set before us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will draw us closer to Jesus. And that those of us who for the first time or for the first time in a long time might with a moment of joy open up our lives and invite Jesus in. We pray all this in his name. Amen.
Amen. Well, we're going to pass the virtual jeans pocket now, which means we would love to pray for you. If you could send your prayer requests to davidsonprayer at lakeforest.org, we will make sure to get those to our elders and prayer team. And of course, if you can give any sort of financial Tyler offering, you can do that at lakeforest.org slash give. We love you guys, and we hope you have a great week.